The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. David Quinn is with me, the columnist with the Irish Independent for Someday. the Soapbox at six uh, yeah. today. Um, you, you have no interpretation you want to offer for the uh, art speak, though, that I've just... Well, it was a good sales pitch, wasn't it? Yeah, really? it was, really. I mean, it makes me want to go to that museum. Yeah. Uh, instead, you want to talk a little bit about um, cars and the attitude of the current government to drivers. Is that right? Yeah. So I was writing about this in the Sunday Independent at the weekend and it was prompted by... Um, the latest move by Dublin City Council to try and restrict car use. And this, of course, was um, <coughs> the move to, from August, uh, make it harder for cars to go through the city centre by uh, while going uh, somewhere else. And as I was listening to um, the hard shoulder there a bit earlier, and of course you had stuff about the children's hospital and uh, the overrun and the cost overrun and the deadline overrun, it just occurs to you, like, if they make it harder and harder to go north side to south side and vice versa, how are people even going to get to the hospital? Because mm. you are going to want to go in a car over there uh, and you're going to make it increasingly difficult to do that. So I think uh, this is all this part of, and it's quite open, by the way, Owen Keegan, the recently uh, retired Dublin city manager, said at a conference uh, about cycling in Amsterdam a couple of years ago that the aim was to aggressively restrict car use. And that was the term he used. And he was lamenting the fact that people are stubbornly attached to their cars even when they're forced now to go on long journeys. So I think there is a very aggressive attitude towards car users and it's getting worse all the time. And I say this, by the way, as a person who takes the bus into town almost every time I'm going in. I have about a 20-minute walk from the bus to get to the likes of here. I'll be going back out in the rain now after this to get back to my bus. So I'm not particularly a car user. Um, But you still see uh, that there's this growing... Uh, push against car users. There's 2.2 million cars in the country. Yeah. So there's probably 4 million people regularly in cars, either as um, drivers or as passengers. So you're talking about the vast majority of people are using cars. So an attack on cars is ultimately an attack on ordinary people. Uh, And I'm just amazed that there hasn't been uh, more of a voter pushback yet. But I think it will come. And I kind of wonder if there was a few candidates were to emerge before the local elections in June or May or whenever they're going to be. And they said, we're on the side of cars. I wonder what would happen. Because when Dublin City Council was pushing through this latest move, backed by the government and Eamon Ryan, mm. and I see, uh, I hear you were quoting him earlier in the programme, to flag this item. So, like, if they stood up and said, we're going to stand up for car users, nearly all the Dublin City Councillors now are fully behind this and they're not on your side. I wonder what would happen. So, the, I mean, <coughs> this is very much an urban issue, isn't it? I mean, there's kind of an attitude out there that, you know, the government are coming for your car, but I don't think they really are down the country, as it were. I mean, I, I, I live, I mean, I don't live in rural Ireland, but mm. people inside the M50 think I live in rural Ireland because mm. I think everyone outside Dublin is rural yeah. Ireland. Um, but um, I, I don't really feel like the government are coming for my car. Well, I mean, it'd be very hard to do it if you're talking about people who do live down the country because there's so little public transport to take no, from A to B. You couldn't, like, I think I would survive, but survival is a fairly low bar. I mean, yeah. my quality of life would be, would kind of disappear overnight if I couldn't drive or my neighbours couldn't drive. Uh, but they do have other ways of getting the car users even down the country because what they can do is they can keep on adding to the cost of petrol. Now, some of that is outside their control, but some of it is well inside their control. Um, uh, for example, carbon tax. Now, there's arguments for and against carbon tax. Um, uh, they're particularly against diesel cars. And the majority of people, I think, use diesel cars. And by the way, a few years ago, um, 
Greens were telling us to buy diesel because they were saying it was better than petrol cars and then suddenly they changed their mind. So that's yeah. when myself and my wife dutifully bought a diesel car and then suddenly we thought, no, diesel cars are bad. So we just recently got rid of our 12-year-old diesel car and bought um, a three-year-old hybrid. And this oh, yeah. is partly an attempt to kind of reduce our carbon footprint. Um, but uh, so even if you're outside the cities and you're not being hit by all these curbs on your routes, you're still finding it ever more expensive to drive cars. And that's not simply because of what's happening worldwide. It's also because of deliberate policy. And, if you, and a few years ago in France, you might remember, uh, there was the huge yellow vest protest. Uh, and that particularly happened in rural areas. And one of the reasons was because they were going to put a big tax, I think, on diesel. Yeah. And a lot of these people in these rural areas, quite outlying, and it's a big country, and you do need your car to get around. And they said, this is the last straw. Um, so that that kind of thing hasn't happened yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if it does. Now, what do you say, though, to defenders of Eamon Ryan's policy who, who suggest that, you know, once we see it in operation, we'll all realise the cityscape is better for it, for having fewer cars? <clears throat> well, I mean, look, it's not happening yet. I mean, I get back to Owen Keegan's comments uh, in Amsterdam a couple of years ago, again, the former Dublin city manager, and he's saying people are remaining stubbornly attached to his cars, and this is a matter of a great regret to him, obviously. So I don't think they're going to particularly get people out of their cars. Now, he often loves to point to places like Paris and London, and he says, here we are now in Paris, and there's more bicycle users than car users. But actually, when we're talking about Paris, we're not talking about the big sprawling city of Paris. We're talking about the city centre. Mm. And the mayor of Paris has had a long-time campaign against car users. And what is, So therefore, naturally, you're going to see more people on bikes. But what's actually happening is um, they're forcing car users. They're not forcing them out of their cars. They're still using their cars. You're forcing them onto fewer and fewer routes. And those routes are getting ever more congested. And by the way, you're transferring the carbon emissions and the pollution onto these fewer routes. And the same thing, I would think, is going to happen in Dublin. So if you're trying to go north side, south side, and you can't go along the Keys, for example, you, everybody's going to have to find a different route. So I don't know, up Dorset Street, across the Liffey, past Christchurch, and you know, whatever part of the south side or north side you're trying to reach. Mm. And the people in those areas are going to find life much less convenient and much harder. So I go through Fairview every day to get into town. And again, it's by bus. Yeah. And nowadays, because uh, all the traffic converges to Malahide Road, Holt Road and Tontoff Road into one single lane in Fairview. Yeah. And you can't go through North Strand anymore and you're not going to be able to do that again, even when all these roadworks are gone. You've got to go through Ballybock. And so what do the residents of Ballybock think about that? Because uh, you're, you, you're just transferring all the cars and all the pollution and even more congestion and, into and, there. And, and do you believe this is um, an ideological position? Absolutely. And it's quite explicit. I mean, Eamon Ryan um, is ideologically against cars and he's ideologically pro-bikes. So they want to allocate ever more space to bikes and ever less space to cars. And again, going back to Fairview. Uh, so again, I take the bus. I've, I've never been in town earlier as a result of the things they've done over the last few years. Car users are obviously taking a lot less, sorry, a lot more time to get in. Uh, and they already had bike lanes. So they're widening the bike lanes. But the main purpose of widening the bike lane seems to be to take away a car lane and to make life um, harder for car users. And again, we're not talking about elites here. We're talking about the vast majority of people. Well, it's also to make bike lanes safer as well, isn't it? (laughs) To widen them a little bit and put up those segregating bollards. Now, I think those bollards are wands, however you want to describe them, 
are hideous uh, looking and I'd prefer something a bit more pleasing in the eye. But it is to make them safer. Well, I mean, that's the justification and the justification also for what they're doing with cars is to make the road safer generally and it's to reduce pollution. But it actually doesn't seem to be having that effect. And there has to be a limit on everything that's done with public policy. Because public policy has to be a balance of various things. And so you just can't, can't keep on widening the bike lanes in the name of public safety. And again, for most months of the year, you don't see that many cyclists in those bicycle lanes. I mean, I'm there on the bus and I'm looking that down and it's really only when the weather improves and the days are brighter that you see more bike users uh, emerging. So I think there's disproportionate space and disproportionate money being spent on bicycle lanes and also they're not increasing the number of buses. The Dublin uh, bus fleet is not increasing by all that much. They're having difficulty recruiting drivers. I often mm. see in the front of buses, you know, we're, uh, we're hiring. I see the head of Dublin bus recently was saying there's a chronic shortage of mechanics. So where are they going to find all the mechanics so, so from? It's, it's, uh, so, right, you're critical of the, the ideological uh, standpoint, as you would describe it, of, of those in the Green and Party the in particular. Uh, yeah, the, like, pr- then let's talk about the practical um, effects <laughs> and the, 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 the practical impact of all of this. I mean, if we had more buses, and mm. I don't know, right, you're right, there, there's a challenge with that. You can't mm. magic them uh, out of thin air. But if you could magic them out of thin air, if we had more buses, if we had Metro North, if we had an underground, if we had all of that, I mean... Would you accept the city centre, the city space would be better for having fewer cars in it? Um, Yes. I mean, like if they make it easier for people to get into town, but also if they make it easier for them to traverse north side, south side, which is a really big challenge because I don't know how they're going to pull that one off. Um, I mean, people are friends and family on opposite sides of the city. What are they supposed to do about seeing them? Because you're going to make it so difficult. And I just don't see a, um, a situation whereby in a number of years' time, um, there'll be very good public transport going north side, south side, except maybe along the Lewis line. Mm. Because lots of parts of the city will still be relatively inaccessible and actually will have become more inaccessible. And I also wonder what it's doing to small businesses. Because again, going through Fairview, I see a lot of shop fronts boarded up. Yeah. And what they did a few years ago in Fairview was they took out a lot of car park spaces. So for example, there was a family jeweller there and it was there from the 1960s and that closed down recently and it's partly because of the pandemic but it's also partly because they took out a lot of the car park spaces. So, um, and you walk around the city centre, there's a lot of places boarded up. You go up and down O'Connell Street, there's not many cars on O'Connell Street anymore but I don't see that the place has become livelier or a pedestrian paradise as a result, far from it. Uh, the Greens want us out of our cars, I want them out of government, says one listener. Ed says, eventually thanks to the anti-car fascist Dublin will be hollowed out with boarded up shops because those who want to drive will simply go tonight car-friendly places like Dundrum Town Centre. Somebody else says make tolls free and people won't go through the city centre. Also make bus and rail fare a nominal low cost. People might use them more. Somebody else wonders, is David anywhere in any way aware of climate change? He talks as if we have no issues with fossil fuel burning uh, or pollution. Uh, I think maybe that text was sent in before you acknowledged you had bought the uh, hybrid to reduce carbon (laughs) emissions. Uh, If I could not use my car to go to Dublin, I just wouldn't go. Thank you, says Kevin. Kevin, thank you for the text. 087 106 David Quinn, columnist uh, with The Independent. David, thank, thank you. you very much uh, for joining us on the Soapbox at six. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.